What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Century, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. I'm the host here, Hayes, and we got the second mailbag episode of today to round out what we were supposed to get into this weekend. This clears the mailbag, gets us ready to go into the week, have a clear mailbag next weekend, things like that. So we're going to get into the questions here. We're also going to talk about some of the development that certain players on this team have done, and we're seeing that pay off in the preseason. We're going to get into that, plus the mailbag, right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. All right, Bulls fans. So one of the first, one of the more surprising things, right, and things that have been great to see, and we got a couple of voicemails on it, but I want to just go over Javante Green's numbers so far through pre- three preseason games. 16.7 points per game, 77% from, from field goal overall, 75% from three. Javante Green, his offense has come so far. Now, I said it before, and I said it in the in the main episode today, they seeing how, because the, they're going to come back down to earth a little bit, right? But at least what we see from Javante Green is he's going to be a productive player. He's added a lot to his offensive bag. The confidence is at an all-time high as well with Javante Green, and we're seeing that pay off. Now, does that end up in him being the starting power forward? Does he just be a super sub off the bench? How does that go? It remains to be seen. There are a lot of minds that are both on both ways on that, but at the end of the day, it almost doesn't matter. I have been saying over the course of the offseason, imagine Javante Green coming off the bench for the Chicago Bulls. And that was before seeing the progression he's made on the offensive end of the ball. Yes, it's a contract year for Javante Green. Yes, he's 29 years old, hasn't been in the NBA very long. But at the end of the day, Javante is much like we talk about other players like a Dalen Terry, like we talk about DeMar DeRozan. That is, you know he's going to put in the work in his game now, did I think that that was going to come into what we've seen from him? No. But the way that it's come together for him, and like I said, Javante Green is a Chicago player, right? He's not from Chicago. We all know that. But he's the type of player that we love to see play with a Chicago Bulls uniform on. He got that dog in him. That's it. That's period, point blank. And to see the progression he's made so far in preseason, I can't wait to see if he, if he brings that to the regular season. Yeah, those shooting percentages, those splits, 77% from the field, 75% from three. That's not going to maintain over the course of a whole season. But at the end of the day, he's going to more than likely be effective. And the confidence that he's building in this preseason, I can't wait to see how that plays off into his game next season. Now, one of the things we're going to go into as well before we get into the voicemails is Andre Drummond. And he, I'm just going to go ahead and play the clip. Year six, year six, every summer I would just go at it. I mean, there's videos that are up, out of me shooting him. I would never take them in the game, but it's more so just working in the dark when nobody's watching and being able to be prepared for those moments when it does come. It's just something that I spoke to the coaching staff uh, in the summertime when I came, when I was uh, signed here is that it's something that I've worked on that I want to be able to stay on the floor and I want to be able to add different facets to my game to be able to help this team win. And if I'm able to make that corner three when I'm wide open, uh, just adds another element to our team. Okay, Drummond talking about how he's been practicing that three, and this is something I said over on Locked on Bulls is that very often, you, players work on things in their, ga- in their game for years before we see it actually come to fruition. And it sounds like Andre Drummond has been working on this three-point shot for a while. He's not been allowed to take it in most of the situations that he's been in, understandably so. But as he said in that clip, if he can turn that into hitting a corner three consistently for this team, once teams leave him open, it completely changes the dynamic. And I don't say that with any hyperbole. Andre Drummond hitting even corner threes even if it's only a handful over the course of the season, completely changes things for the Chicago Bulls because of how you have to defend them. 
if you think you're going to pack in the lane or anything like that, if you have an Andre Drummond shooting three-pointers and you have to at least respect it because if you know you leave him wide open, he has a, a chance to hit that, that's crazy. Andre Drummond is a career 13% three-point shooter on 114 overall attempts in his career. So a lot of teams aren't weren't prepared for what we saw from Andre Drummond in this past game. Now, is that going to become a regular part of his game? I doubt it, but weirder things have happened. He's been putting in the work. It sounds like he thinks that, hey, he's, he's, he's built up enough confidence that he's going to take him if he's wide open. I love seeing that type of progression from players. I love seeing that Andre Drummond proving that you can add things to your game at any point in time. It's not this limit that some people think it is that if you don't have certain things within four or five years that you're just never going to have it. We'll see how it works out. We'll see if it ends up turning into a weapon for the Chicago Bulls during the regular season. Now, let's go ahead and get into the voicemails. This first one, this one is from Marcus. Hey, what's up, Hayes? It's Marcus. Uh, so I wanted to I wanted to give you a, a take, and I wanted to hear your opinion on it. I already know that it's probably going to – you're probably going to think it's, it's outrageous for me saying this, but – I know I'm, I don't know if I'm overreacting or not. Let me know um, when you make your next mailbag. But I want to know what are your thoughts on Javante Green being the starting power forward again this season, um, and Patrick Williams being our sixth man coming off the bench. I know it's been three games; it's still the preseason. But what we've seen so far from the first three games. Um, Javante Green has been that same energy type player, but it seems like he has improved his game, shooting more consistently from the three and also being more of a, you know, cutting to the basket, um, going to the paint, uh, just being that energy player that we know him as, but he seems a little bit more aggressive than he was last season. I know he's undersized. I know he, it would be better putting Patrick Williams in that starting lineups, but I believe that if Patrick Williams comes off the bench, it would allow him to develop more as a as a shot creator, playing with some of the young players and allowing him to have more offensive touches with the bench versus him being in the starting lineups where it may be a little bit more pressure on him. So I want to know what's your thoughts. Do you think that Patrick Williams would be better offensively if he comes off the bench? He would put up more shots, be more of a shot creator, um, or do you believe that um, do you believe that he shouldn't come off the bench? He should be our starting power forward. I'm not saying it would be for the whole season. I'm just saying for the beginning of the season, just so we can get his feet wet, allow him to be more better off offensively, and then as we transition through the season, then he could be moved into the starting lineups. But yeah, that was my thoughts. What do you think on that? Peace. All right, Marcus asked the question that's on so many Bulls fans' minds and thoughts and everything is that Javante Green, the Patrick Williams thing, how is this going to shake out? What does this do to Patrick Williams' confidence? If anything, does he does it, does it force him to step up? I really do think that Billy Donovan is using this time to experiment. That's what preseason is for. That's what I think. I do think that Patrick Williams is still going to be the starting power forward. I've said it before, my personal opinion, what Javante brings, that energy, the athleticism, everything, the versatile in the, in the many different positions that he can play. I like the idea of Javante coming off the bench, but I'd be a fool to, or to say that I don't understand the concept or the, the desire to see Javante Green maybe stay being our starting power forward. I can understand it. Patrick Williams, at the end of the day, while he doesn't need to be, I, and I will never say that he doesn't need to be this 18-point-per-game score that some people want to put on him because he was the fourth overall pick, but he does need to be more aggressive. He does need to be more confident out there, right? And let's take the aggression because some people will say, well, he's not an aggressive player. The confidence in it, right? 
We need to see Patrick Williams go about his business a little bit differently. We've seen flashes of it over his career, but very small flashes of it. Didn't really have a second season. One season so far, 21 years old, all the things that you've already heard. But let's say for the nature of this conversation, right, that Javante does become our starting power forward. What then does Patrick Williams give you off the bench for a team that was 29th in scoring off the bench, for a team that needs defense, that needs to get up and down the court and, and, and with our bench unit? Could Patrick Williams provide a lot of that? Yeah. Could Patrick Williams use the, the, the opportunity of coming off the bench to, A, play the backup three for DeMar, play the backup four for Javante, maybe even have a little bit more things ran through him at, at certain times? Yes, all that could be true. But I would just look at the weapons that we have on this bench, the energy, right? The, the, the change in kind of atmosphere when we, bring, when we go to our bench unit. And I like the idea of Javante coming off the bench. But like I said before, I'd be crazy not to understand or say that I can't see a world in which Javante Green is our starting power forward come the 19th when we play the Miami Heat. That very well may be what's in the cards. And at the end of the day, I'm going to actually quote something from Javante himself in this. Let me find this quote. He says, Javante, after being asked if he's trying to win the starting power forward position, this is what he had to say. There's no competition. We're just here to make the team better. Whoever starts, we trust the coaching staff. It's a team game. Whatever coach decides, we're with it. And that just goes to show you the amazing player and everything that Javante Green is. I posted a clip here at certain times last season in which he talked about how, how much Javante does take on that role of being a role player and what that means to him of coming in and going about his business. If he's the starter, if he's coming off the bench, regardless of that, it's a big season ahead for Javante Green. And hopefully, for Patrick Williams as well, and hopefully he uses this as a wake-up call. All right, let's get into the next voicemail. This one's from Marvin. Hey, Marvin again. I wanted to leave one more uh, voicemail, and this uh, was about. It's about Derrick Jones Jr. Now, I don't know if Derrick Jones Jr. has played his way out of this lineup, but it looked like he has, but I think we can use him, guys. Uh, getting DeRozan some rest and Javante Green some rest and then getting some tick for Derrick Jones Jr. to get his game back up, I think would be real positive for the Bulls. I also want to address Drummond and Grogic. I think we all felt kind of low on that first game, feeling they wasn't going to really give us much, but I think they showed us a lot more in this game. You get uh, plus 10 from uh, Goran and a plus 8 from Drummond, and Drummond giving us 4 points and, and Goran giving us 8 points. That's 14 points, man, from guys that we probably didn't figure we was going to get very, very much from. Plus, Going running their offense with two uh, two assists and only one turnover means a lot to us, too. Going got 18 minutes tonight, guys. Is that proper? He shot four out of eight from the field. So efficient shooting. Now he didn't have any three hole or two. But then Drummond, 14 minutes, two of two from the field with uh, four rebounds. And here's something I really want to bring up. When the last time we've seen a Bulls defender block the shot like uh, Drummond, we asked for rim protection. That's a, a small glimpse of it, guys. Hopefully we can get more of that. But I am concerned about um, Derrick Jones Jr., guys. I hope we can get him acclimated more into this offense because he can really help us. That's not just that's not just because we can still use him. Now, and Marco, I, you know, I couldn't forget that last but not saying. Marco, what are we going to get from him, guys? I guess it's time for us to see. So hopefully Marco can get some more minutes and get some burn. I think the boy's on the right track, though. I want to give a shout-out to Billy Donaldson. I think he's really made adjustments. I think it's good for the team. Peace out, guys. All right. Marvin talks about Derrick Jones Jr. Has he played his way out of the line? Derrick Jr. has not looked great, in my opinion, in preseason so far. I don't think I don't think he's looked amazing. I don't think he's looked bad per se either, right? Um, but I do think that Derrick Jones Jr., in my opinion, 
um, is going to be a, a player that gets minutes. But I've always said, I've, I've said this coming into the season, that I thought it was either going to be him or Javante getting those minutes. Now, if Javante does move into the starting lineup, that changes some things, especially if Patrick Williams isn't performing. And if Billy Donovan decides like, hey, man, listen, if Derek is giving us more, Derek Jones Jr. is giving us more than P. Will, that could change some things. But I'm looking at it, and I think that Derek Jones Jr. may be the odd man out. That's my opinion right now. That could change, right, if he plays a little bit better. But I'm just looking at this rotation, looking at how things – Andre Drummond is going to get his minutes. Alex Caruso is going to get his minutes. Kobe White, is, <laughs> contrary to some people's belief, is still going to get his minutes coming in here. Um, whether it's Javante or Patrick Williams, they're going to get minutes at least initially at first as well. Then you still have Drogic, right? You still got a lot of players out there. Dalen Terry, has he worked himself into getting um, eight to 10 minutes per game? Like, it just really depends on what the matchup is and what and how Derrick Jones Jr. looks in those certain lineups and matchups. But I look at Derrick Jones Jr. and while I don't, I'm not down on him per se, I just think that there are players better at him at almost any position that he can play in a backup role that deserve more minutes. And Dalen Terry is one of those. Like, Dalen Terry's chipping away at minutes from somebody, whether it be Kobe, whether it be Derrick Jones Jr., whether it be P. Will. Like, it's going to happen in some in some shape, form, or fashion. Now, you know, uh, Marvin also talks about Andre Drummond, which I kind of already talked about. That's so why I didn't spend a lot of time on that. But Drummond has been very productive for the Chicago Bulls in his minutes as well. He's been super productive. The first game kind of went a little left. We see him come in. He's working. Keep in mind, he's working into the, his role that he's going to play for this team and with these players. And we saw him and Goran Dragic, both veterans, kind of getting some chemistry between them. It's going to happen with Alice Caruso as well. Hopefully it happens with Kobe. Hopefully it happens with whoever's coming into this bench unit. But I like what Andre Drummond, I, I really do like this bench unit a lot. Now, Marco, he mentions a little bit Marco on that. I just think the story's kind of written on Marco Simonovic. If, if I'm saying I'm down on Derrick Jones Jr., who's at least getting minutes, Marco isn't cracking that rotation because of something. And whatever is keeping him from cracking that rotation, I don't know, man. I don't, I, I don't know. But, you know, shout out to Marvin for that voicemail. Marvin, always one of the biggest contributors here, and I appreciate him. Let's get into this next one. This one is from Eight Lives. What's going on here? This is your boy, Eight Lives, man. I was just calling in to kind of recap some of the stuff I said uh, that happened in the first game. Um, first preseason game. Um, of course, I ain't gonna go super, super hard about uh, my uh, pick with the uh, Matrix and uh, Dalen Terry. Um, even though he played with all the athleticism, like I said, um, he had the energy, he had the full court vision. I mean, Dalen Terry is definitely a promising talent, man. There's really no question about it. Not all he did is the playing time. Um, Javante Green, like I said, I didn't call to brag in about my little picks I said or whatever, but it was just kind of easy to see that, you know, a lot of injuries kind of hurt us last year, and some of the judgments that we was making about not making trades were just a little bit over the top. Um, I know we didn't get to see uh, Derrick Jones Jr. actually do anything. He looked at a little bit out of place, but I'm sure once the rhythm gets going, he's going to do his thing. I could tell that the Bulls was trying, definitely trying a new offense. Everybody was moving faster than they usually uh, move. You could tell they have told uh, DeMar he could do the isolation, but he got to get to his moves quicker, his shot quicker. I could see him trying that. Uh, Zach looked at, looked at a little disinterested in the new uh, philosophy, but I know he I know he's going to get it. But it just seemed like he was trying to get the passing part down and get everybody else involved. But uh, most definitely I could see Zach Levine. By him not being injured, uh, man, them shots going to be falling, man. It's going to be something decent, man. Um, that's about it, bro. I just want to say that a lot of this stuff is kind of predictable, and a lot of the stuff we're going to kind of see – uh, play out. I just know this year, um, 
the coach is going to have to step up and um, let these referees know that they're going to have to give our nice player uh, his fouls. Uh, we we uh, heard it a lot from Derrick Rose not getting his hand ones. This year we got to make sure since we got Zach as a nice player that he's getting his uh, all, some most of his calls, kind of like they did with Harden and start getting his calls again. So that's one of the things I think that uh, uh, the coach needs to kind of focus on too, man, making sure Zach gets his calls. Uh, that'll be all, man. Go Bulls. They did decent in the preseason. No, 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 no bad judgment. And Boots look good, like I said. So thank you. Go Bulls. All right, I'm going to zero in on one specific thing from this voicemail from Eight Lives, and that's the Bulls trying new offense. I talked about it after the first preseason game, how there were times where the Bulls weren't moving without the ball as much as that I would have liked. Then that second unit came in in the second half. They were moving without the ball. Then it almost seems like they set that tone that the starters sitting down there said. Damn, look at these rookies. Look at how they're moving. Look at how they're cutting. Look at how they're doing all this. And we've seen considerable growth in the ball movement from this team after that game. And so I look at that and say, like, if this team is going to move this way without the ball, it makes Javante more dangerous. It makes Dalen Terry be able to operate more in space. It makes uh, Iota Sumo more creative. We already know what that's going to do to to creating space for for DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine, and Nikola Vucevic. Teams that move without the ball, they create opportunity. They they keep the defense on their toes. Defense can't post up and stay in the passing lanes because this team is always going to be moving without the ball. I like what I've seen from this offense in flashes. I think there's been some – the slow starts have been a little bit concerning as well at times, right? But we haven't had like the third quarters that, that hurt us a lot last season where we just had down third quarters. I hope that we don't transition from that into now being slow starts, but there's been enough with this Bulls new offense that I'm looking at and saying they actually t- took a look at what did not work last season, and it seems like they, they've added that to their game. And then whenever Lonzo Ball comes back, you talk about Lonzo having a team full of, play- of players that are moving without the ball, it could get very interesting. I like what I've seen from this, this Bulls offense. I, I, I like it a lot, right? I, I, and, you know, when you have motors like a Javante, when you, like Alice Caruso, Dalen Terry, also being a part of that, getting buckets out in transition, things like that, causing turnovers, Andre Drummond trailing and maybe hitting corner threes. This offense, I think, has barely scratched the surface. And while a lot of people are saying, and let me let me be clear, I'm saying it too, it is just preseason. But if they're able to do this, right, and with that caveat, if they're able to bring that into the regular season, whoo, this is going to be a fun offense to watch from the Chicago Bulls. All right, let's get into the last voicemail for today. Third episode of the day. I've been killing it. Nobody's doing content like me. Uh, Shay, uh, this one's from Shay. Hey, what's up, Hayes? This is Shay. You know, I was in the comments, in your comment section, and I'm just hearing a lot of people saying, are you happy that we got Dalen Terry over each other there? Although, yeah, I am happy that we did because Dalen Terry is definitely showing that he that he has a lot of energy and that he, he wants to be in a rotation. But let me tell all of y'all something. A lot, let's face it. Dan Lentieri wasn't on any of our radars. It was Mark Williams, and it was E.J. Liddell, and it was Walker Kexler, probably. Didn't nobody have him on their radar. So I'm saying this to say this, okay? Yeah, we are happy, but let's face it. Let's not act like everybody wanted Dan Terry from the jump. Now, I'm happy we got him, and I love how he plays. He's definitely showing me something, but... Let's stop fronting everybody because it's not like everybody just wanted him the day that we drafted him. Remember, a lot of people did want Tari Eason. So let's just hold up a little bit and say we're huge Big Dale and Terry fans. I'll even admit, 
I wanted E.J. Liddell at first, and so did Hayes, along with Mark Williams. Anyway, tell me what you think. All right, Shay talks about, and hey, Shay, rightfully so, Dalen Terry wasn't on my radar. I wanted E.J. Liddell. I wanted Mark Williams. Like, I wanted a lot of Tarja Eason. I wanted Tarja Eason as well on this team. Um, Dalen Terry didn't pop up a lot on our Raiders, and I think the, the thing in this is to say this is why the people in the front office get paid to do what they do. Us as fans, we it's easy to think and get caught up in our fandom that we have the idea, we have it worked out, we got this uh, figured out, we got X, Y, Z. And really, the people that they pay in the front office to do their things are really the ones that, that they're not just looking for the now. As fans, even me, right? We can get caught up in the now of the team. And yes, we do want to see this team compete, and we would love to see this team win a title now, but it's about team construction and building. And sometimes when it comes to the draft, it's easy to get caught up in what players are now, right? But you have to see what they can turn into, what with work and development they can be. And sometimes that's greater than what us as fans can see for them right now. Yes, EJ Liddell could have brought a lot of the things that the Bulls needed for this team right now. But I even said then, EJ Liddell didn't necessarily have the upside of some of the younger players around. Now, Dalen Terry wasn't on my mind then, right? I was talking about uh, Nikola Jovic. Um, and I still think that there's still a player that I'm looking out for. They're like, Hey, could he turn into something that we wish we, we would have drafted him and say Dalen, Dalen Terry, but Dalen has been everything that we've needed him to be so far as a rookie, right? We need to continue to see growth from him. We need to see him learn from mistakes because he's going to make mistakes. We need to see how he's going to face the adversity of the season, how he's going to deal with the, with the longevity of the season, hitting that rookie wall, things like that. But they made a great pick in this. And I just, yes, this is, this like, Hey, and I've said this before too. I hold myself. I did not want the Bulls to draft Joe Kim Noah. If I had this show, I would have been going off. I went the hell off when the Bulls drafted Joe Kim Noah. And he is now my second favorite Bull of all time. So sometimes you just got to let the front office cook. And I know that sucks. And, you know, talking about P. Will and things like that. But, like, sometimes you just got to let them cook. Sometimes you got to let them cook because they, in, t- in a lot of times, in a lot of areas, see things that just as fans, we don't have the scope or the mindset to see. And that's why they have the jobs that they have. That's why they have the jobs that they have. But all right, I do have a text. I don't, like, we don't usually get a lot of texts as we do voicemail. So that was the last voicemail. But let's read this last text. This one is from A Mingo, right? He says, bro, I talked a lot of shit when you took over Locked On, but you the real deal. Bunch of hundred emojis. So real that I subscribe to Bull Central. Love your show. So I'm not rich, but my wife, wife a bless, uh, been blessing me with season tickets for the last five years. They don't make me an expert, but I never miss a home game. Rewatch them when I get home or the next day. Never miss an away game. And co-admin Chicago Bulls fan club on Facebook, which I will be joining if I'm not a member of yet. And saying all that, I know my place, and that's as a fan in the stands. Boots shoot too many threes? Nope, keep them. Zoe hurt? Nope, keep them. Don't play Zach? Debo overrated? Nope and nope. I believe Chicago is more becoming a destination, but I'm having one issue. I love P. Will. His release is quicker. He looked good bringing up the ball a few times as a point forward, driving the lane, making his own shot, and has shown hella potential, but fuck all that. I don't know if it's just because his mama owned a flower shop and he used to used, used to making and delivering bouquets, but damn, bro, I need that Virginia Devontae, I'm sorry, Javante Green dog to come out. Straight hood to come out like I wish I could be a coach and yell out, cut, drive, move without the ball. Don't let Dalen come in as a rookie and do all the things we've been waiting on you to do. But after saying all that, I'm still a fan and know my place. Love your show, bro. Thank you, Mingo. I appreciate that. And I appreciate, like, it takes a lot to say, hey, I did not like you at first, but you won me over. That means more of a compliment to me than just anybody saying that they love me. Like, the fact that you were against me and I won you over, hey, that that is a compliment of all compliments to me. And I mean that. That's not even hyperbole. 
But as far as to the last part of what you said, hey, Pat, the designer, said it in the last episode. You, Pat, Pat, uh, Pat the designer, said it about Patrick Williams. There are people behind you with that dog in them. You need to show it, right? And even if it's not like that, that, that edge that some people want to see, go about it methodically then, right? Trust your own basketball mind at some point and go about it methodically. I don't know, right? I'm not making a bunch of comparisons or excuses for Patrick Williams. I said it, like, he got to show up. And that's what it comes to do. But, like, I, I agree with a lot of what you said. Sometimes, as fans, we just got to realize that that's what we are. But still be boisterous, right? We still need to be, if we weren't boisterous, would Gar Packs be going now? But I feel where you're coming from, and I'm glad that you've been able to have season tickets for five years. That is a blessing. And shout out to your amazing wife for that one. But that is it for this episode of Chicago Bulls Central. Thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure you follow the show at Bulls Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, bullscentralpod at gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to leave a text and our voicemail, the number to do so, 773-270-2799. We're the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. Like I liked in every episode on. Go Bulls. Love you guys. Peace, y'all. Game day tomorrow. Peace. This has been a presentation of The Break Break Media. Media.